Hello there, very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. A beautiful Monday evening. Today is 5th of December 2022. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening and how's it going? Good, good. Ponsak, um, how was your weekend? I know it's been on the road, but overall, how would you describe your weekend? I just trust it was fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, I traveled uh, to bury, um, I would say, you know, practically my father by extension, mm. uh, the late father of um, Namwa Golog, one of the finest and best journalists that we have, you know, in Planto State. He laid his father to rest in Turaiki Village, Langtang South, on Saturday. And it was a great outing. Uh, not an outing, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one that you look at, you know, life and you look at, okay, what is really the meaning of life? You know, everybody has their own uh, theory. Um, at some point in time, I think that life shouldn't have any meaning. You know, the meaning that, you know, one should ascribe to life is happiness because even animals want to be happy, you know. So, and every life species, every species of life, you know, on planet Earth, you know, wants to be happy. And that is why you find play. Uh, but when it comes to pain, um, all species of life don't like anything, you know, related to pain. But again, life is, I mean, it's beautiful. It's what you make out of it. It's a garbage in, garbage out situation. Uh, but if you think that uh, you don't want to work hard and you want to succeed, it doesn't work that way. I still want to condole with the family of the uh, late engineer Israel Golog Adamu, uh, the father to Namwa. Golog, who pass and pray that God will continue to comfort their family and grant the soul of Baba rest. Mm-hmm. Well, I travel to <clears throat> I mean Gilbert, a lot of things that went through my mind, you know, on that journey. You find you find um the voter registrar. I saw a voter registrar in Toraiki village. I said, Einek is doing a good job. Number one. But number two, there's absolute lack of government presence. You know what I mean? In Turagi village. They don't have water. The only house that I saw there, a beautiful house, was owned by, it's owned by a politician. And this is a hugely agrarian, you know, agrarian community. I mean, my friends there bought yams and they said very cheap. I said, this is what majorly the people do here. They don't have access road. I mean, if it's raining, uh, the whole community is locked. Nobody goes in, nobody comes out, except you use a chopper, you know, to find your way uh, to that village. But because of how terrible and how bad the road uh, there is. I think uh, these are human beings like me and you, Gilbert. There's no difference, you know. Uh, The only difference is that we live in urban areas. They live in rural communities. And Nigeria is a rich country, but the people are poor. We live in urban communities. Um, on what basis? It's basically by chance and, you know, because of the fact that we've had the opportunity to do so. And that's the only difference. Otherwise, we would have find, found ourselves in rural communities as well. But you have just raised an issue that typifies what 60% of Nigerians are facing even in the urban areas, how many people access good water? How many people access good roads? 
right a few weeks back we saw the entrance of um the presidential candidate of the APC and we did see they hurriedly put or patched routes and the sort of um, jobs that were done on those routes. It's one case on point. And you speak about the terrible state of Turaki village. And um, probably it's because it's... the value. It's human value that... There's how, much, how much value has the human life had food. in the past I mean, seven they're, years? They're bringing food. And food there is very cheap. Yams. Obviously, we spoke about the same issue last week with you here on the show yeah. about the provision of road networks. These people just aren't asking for much. Ponsac, it's the basic necessities of life they are asking for, right? If they're able to export their farm produce, who gets to benefit from it in the end? Isn't it the government who collects taxes when these things get to the market? Do they, okay, you spoke about how cheaply your friends bought yam tubers from there. But at the end of the day, what value does um, the commodity they produce and sell have? How much is it worth? Right? It tells you that it's the government who is treating itself out of sheer negligence. And unfortunately, the government isn't knowing. So what exactly are we doing as a people? Is this how, how we want to continue living? Right? Look at the spirit of the plateau man and how that is being dampened rather than getting encouragement from the quarters that be. Yeah. What is the position? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that is that. Uh, but what do you think about the out- outing of Ashiwaju? Well, the presidential town hall yesterday, it was honored the invitation. And the media organization that I-, I saw a promo, you know, on that TV station, they said, uh, they invited all of them, but for Tinubu, they said respect to, respectfully invited, <laughs> but he declined. First is Kiamu. Instead, he went to Chatham House in London. Absolutely. Maybe now, he wants the vote of Nigerians in London. Now, Bonsai, this should worry you and I, practicing journalists, and since Prince Valentine is here, probably he can make a case for it as well, that over the years, over the past decade, as far as you can remember, Nigerian leaders do not like to say sensitive things to the Nigerian press. They prefer to speak to whoever that is outside the shores of Nigeria. Uh, and that's too bad. Buari that's a bad that. omen. But right? he was the one that blew that. Blew <laughs> Out that. of proportion, of course, obviously. Yeah. But the outing is nothing short of disappointing, as far as I do know, and as far as um, that was ongoing before we walked into the studio. Because most of the questions being thrown at him uh, have been delegated to some estacodes to answer. And that's too bad. I, I wonder who gets to answer the critical questions that Nigerians will raise. Paradventure. Well, he becomes the president of Nigeria. So is this where, how we want to... And by the way, Arise put out a statement um, urging him to oblige other um, outlets, interviews, even if he isn't going to uh, oblige them. So they are not saying it has to be us. You can speak to whoever that it is you want on national television or on national platforms so Nigerians would get to really have answers to the, uh, to the questions that they've been asking. And that's just it. For me, why, why if... I mean, if, if you want, uh, it's like you're applying for a job and they call you for an interview and you say, no, 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 I don't need to be interviewed. I know how to do this thing. Then how will people test, you know, your uh, competence? Already, yeah, I said it's it marketable. I, I don't know. No, it's, it's not the issue of marketable. <laughs> it's the issue of, let's, because for me, indirectly, you see wanting Nigerians to vote on the lines of uh, sentiment? 
Because that, yeah, of, of course, that's an Yoruba, indication. Of Muslim, course, you should vote. If you are a, a Muslim, you should because it's a Muslim Muslim ticket. You know, look at uh, Atiku Abubakar. Look at Abiy Musa Konkoso. These guys are northerners, but they've you know uh, honored the invitation of every and Peter Obi. I mean, virtually all of them. They've honored the invitation of anybody who cares to ask them uh, questions. And I'm very thankful that you know they have fact checkers. Absolutely. So if you make bogus on the spot, yeah, they will just they're able to check. run through immediately. So it shows you that you, you know our democracy truly is growing, and media organizations are truly doing their job Absolutely. as outlining the constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, reporting the activities of government to the people and holding the government to account. That is basic. And uh, in the leadership recruitment, we always complain that we don't have a good leadership recruitment process. Media organization, this thing spend money, you know, it's not easy. It's not cheap. For them Absolutely. to air live, mm. you know, two hours mm. is money. And who gets to uh, foot the bill? And they are saying this is a service we are giving to the Nigerian people. Come and sell your ideas. We are not interested uh, in what the people, you know, think about you. What we're interested in is that uh, education and they bring data. What are you going to do with the education, healthcare? Just for Tiku to decline the, to answer the issue of if he's going to access healthcare, you know, in Nigeria. Yeah, I think he he, he kind of goofed there because um, he said the medical sector isn't capacitated enough to take care of his health needs. But we've got a number two citizen in Professor Yemi Oshimbanjo who subjected himself into medical examinations on the soils of Nigeria, and I think a huge credit has to be given to him for that. But by and large, Ponsak, I think. Let me not make this statement on the premise of just one candidate. Whoever amongst these candidates, of the 18 of them, who continues to dodge um, interviews with national outlets is nothing, is, is after nothing but state capture. I think it's not, it's not about one person. It's not about one. It's about the whole of them. Yeah. They have to speak. You well, have to subject yourself to scrutiny. Yeah, well, you have to. You can't tell me that you're looking for a job and then you're marketable. It doesn't make sense. Tell me what you've got. We'll play this insert by Festus Okoye, saying no amount of, you know, threatening uh, INX, you know, facilities will stop next year's, uh, the conduct of next year's election. Stay here. I just want to assure the nation, and the chairman of the Independent National Electoral Commission, Professor Mahmoud Yakubu, has also assured the nation that our sensitive materials are not in any of these places where these attacks have occurred. We have secured the beavers and other sensitive materials that will be used in the conduct of this election. And so those materials are not in any of these facilities that are being attacked. Secondly, we are in close liaison, in close consultation, and in close partnership with the various security agencies, and they have beefed up security in our 36 uh, state offices throughout the Federation and the, our office in the Federal Capital Territory. They are also extending it uh, to the various uh, local governments. The chairman has made it clear that for the attacks that have taken place, we have the capacity to move on and replace some of those items quickly. But as we move towards closer to the election, if these attacks persist, it may be difficult for us to replace some of the materials uh, that have been damaged. Uh, so that's why we want to move quickly, uh, get these offices secured and prevent uh, uh, further for for 
other attacks. But this commission is resolved, and this commission is determined uh, to proceed with electoral business because that is what the Nigerian people want, and that is what the Nigerian people expect us uh, to do. By Section 132, Subsection 2 of the Constitution, our elections are circumscribed. There's a time limit and a window to which the commission cannot cannot move away from in terms of the conduct of election, and we don't want to follow up the constitutional rather. And so we are going to move on assiduously and make sure that we have a expeditious conclusion uh, to the uh, conduct of the election. Yo, well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And I am Gilbert Joseph. That was Festus Okoye, the national uh, mouthpiece of INAID. Really doing a great job there. We have with us in the studio, we have Mr. Jinan Winston Moses. He's the uh, DG, Research, Strategy, and Theater of the newly inaugurated uh, Youth Wing of the People's Democratic Party. That's the campaign. Uh, good evening, and thank you very much for coming, sir. Thank you for having me, and good uh, evening, listeners. Yeah, we have Prince Valentine Adesia. Good evening, and thank you very much, sir, for coming. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you don't have a weekend. No, <laughs> Yesterday, I called you to uh, check with you on some things. I said, ah, you say, ah, you, I deal with you. I e- e- even today, I, I had to go to see your mommy, you know, in, <laughs> in the hospital over the eye issue. I was giving them a glass, so I started wearing glasses like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah, I am. When yeah. people see me wearing glasses, they think, ah, is it time for fashion? I said, no, it's I'm no sick. Fashion. I'm not. It's yeah. not in fashion. No. So at least I enjoyed it, and uh, they were more concerned about me as at that time. Yeah, that's today. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to say, yes, the weekend was something else. On the plateau, a lot of stories. I know that you are going to feed us with all that has happened in the judiciary. Yeah. Time. And I'm so excited that, about uh, this conversation. Well, let's start with uh, Mr. Winston. Uh, talk to us about, first, how do you feel, you know, you being uh, given the onus of a research strategy and theater DJ of the uh, campaign, governor, the campaign of uh, the youth wing of the PDP campaign in Plato State? Isn't that too much for you as, as just one person, three serious in opposition? Uh, well, um, like I said initially, thank you for having me. You know, I would say it is too much if only I was not prepared for this. Those who recommended and also considered me for this appointment are apt. I see this as a call for service. They've watched me over the years, and they know the capacity I carry. But to deliver this assignment that I'm given, I will be relying on the wisdom of the Almighty. My knowledge is not sufficient. I'm counting on the support of every reasonable and every reasonable and caring citizen of Plateau State. And do you think that your governorship candidate, you know, is sellable? Listen, I have the best candidate to sell to Plateau State. What, what, what makes him best? Let me tell you why. When you sit with him or when you listen to him... I mean, nobody him, has an opportunity to sit with him. Uh, you know, no, no, I, I he, mean, personally, I've not even interviewed him. The opportunity him. will come 
I've not interviewed. I've not. It's even gonna heard. come. What I'm trying to say is that as you listen to him, as he presents his cases, as he also submits to the people of Plato his vision and what he intends to do for our people, you would see. You would can connect to the originality of his statement. You can see from him the willingness to serve our people. You can infer from whatever he is presenting to you the clarity of ideas and the simplicity of implementation. He is not being complex. He is accessible. And you can see how he is relaxed when he is talking to you about whatever it is that he intends to do for the people of Plato. A lot of things Barista Caleb Mutfuang wants to do for our people is kept no, let's, very let's, close to Let's talk chess. about youth because uh, that is your immediate constituency. Yes. Uh, well, let's, let me come to Prince Valentine and then I'll come to you. All right. Prince Valentine, what has gone on? What has been going on with the judiciary in Plato State? Uh, Serpia lost out, but he said, I'm going to appeal. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to come back. <laughs> and Barista Festus Fuentel, the national, uh, I think, Deputy National Secretary yes, of the APC yes. said that, well, you know, uh, because he's a lawyer himself, mm. so he understands all of the intricacies. Uh, talk to us about that. Well, um, it was a, a nice one, uh, knowing fully well that at least uh, <laughs> our governorship candidates in the pla- in, on the plateau are beginning to solve one issue or the other. So there's prospect that uh, uh, each, each uh, political party might soon have uh, you know, its own uh, candidate approved because uh, the courts are one of those last bus stops where people lose their candidature. Um, looking at uh, what happened, it was on Saturday. We got the wind of uh, the judgment on Friday, and then it was fixed for 4 p.m. on Saturday, which is very odd. Uh, it's not something we can actually rely on. The only shock we had before the judgment was that uh, consent was being obtained while the judgment is already fixed. So people, a lot of people started wondering why. That means the, the lawyers don't even know that uh, a judgment will actually come up. And that was a very sad uh, development in the, you know, in the judiciary because uh, consent only come, and then after consent, they now fix the date for such a judgment. But in this one, it's already a publicized day. Secondly, is that um, if, you, if you look at what happened before that day, is that um, the, play, the claimant, which is they call the plaintiff, the claimant actually, on their side, were trying to know exactly when judgment was supposed to come up on that very matter, knowing that uh, on Saturday it will the matter will lapse, looking at pre-election matter and the laws mm. that uh, backs it, and uh, they could not get an, they could they hardly get an answer. So that one also worried a lot of people. Not until the judge herself opened her mouth to tell the you know the audience that actually it was a communication by one of the defendants that even made her to know that. Uh, the case will lapse on Saturday. So she had to frantically do what she did you know, to really get the judgment ready. So I think uh, th- these are odds. These are not uh, right things that we expect because uh, we are trying to see a situation where people get justice. Knowing fully well that uh, this is a political party and they are a family. The APC is a family. We expect a situation where solutions will come in without suspicion. And if we do a good research, you discover that a lot of lacuna, you know, actually arose out of uh, the judgment. But will that sort of uh, short timing have affected the judgment, um, the justice delivered? Do you think it was appropriate 
to have come up with such a judgment, you know, on a matter as such as that, you know, unawares. Well, let me just use the word because uh, at she least said the, she the judge is paid to do her job as a judge. A matter is before her. For her to tell, tell us in open court that she forgot, it was very wrong. Well, for now, it's not subject this anymore. She has delivered her judgment. Yeah. It's time for us to criticize the process. It was very, very wrong for her to say she forgot her job until a lawyer now wrote. That is when she now remember and then put it together. You know, a lot of things are wrong. And then it now means that both parties or all parties are not fair in this whole matter. But uh, like we always say, when, they now, when the, uh, the defense now demanded for $200 million <laughs> as cost, you know, of the whole uh, process, mm. uh, the, the, the judge also agreed that they are a family. And then only, she only awarded uh, 100000 uh, $100, to each of the defendants. Okay. Uh, knowing fully well that INEC also did not, say, uh, no, did not file any process or things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that to us is fair. It's still a family issue. Okay. Let's come to uh, Mr. Winston. Uh, over the weekend during the inauguration, uh, the candidate of your party, governorship candidate, said that uh, his, uh, if he wins to become governor, if he wins and he's governor of Plato State, he's going to prioritize our youth. We've heard all, I mean, virtually all governorship uh, candidates over the past years, you know, saying that my government is going to be youth-driven just for them to enter and then you see some uh, sensitive, some positions uh, being given to, you know, all the people or people who are in their middle age. Is it just to lure the youth to get their vote and abandon them that Barista Caleb Munfang is making such bogus, you know, uh, promises? Or uh, should we take his word to the bank? Should the uh, youth of Plato take his word to the bank that, look, if we support him, this is what we are going to get because we are not too no- young or too naive, you know, to serve our society. All right. My response to your question will be this way. Tell me the last time you see any campaign structure of the youth organization of the PDP made up of young people like us. Can you remember? Is there any time like that? And I would say the, uh, the Legionnaires Project for Blasphemy. What I'm trying to tell you is that it's already indicative of his intention. Listen, when he appointed or nominated, rather, his uh, running mate, a deputy governor, in the person of Ngo Pio. And young people were happy I'm about coming. That. I'm trying to take you there. What was his reason? His reason is that he is going to make the office of the deputy governor very functional. He's not going to make that office dormant. That his government is going to be predominated by young people. Tell and us in practical times, since you have here. Yeah, that's what I'm time. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What he's saying is that he needs somebody that is experienced, so that they, she can now help him to watch over the young people that will be appointed in government. Listen, if there's anything you can take away from this conversation today, get it into your mind that Barrister Caleb Mutfang's administration is going to be youth-driven. His programs and his ideas for mining and for sporting events alone would give thousands, tens of thousands of jobs for the young people. And young people will be given sensitive positions. This, I promise you, today, take today's date. Well, 5th of uh, December. He is well, going... you are a politician. No, 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 and, no. no, no, no you, not... That's how you guys talk. I wouldn't talk publicly like this. I wouldn't put my integrity to tests. Cheaply. I wouldn't do it. If I don't trust and believe in him, I wouldn't say it. 
He is going to appoint the youngest commissioner ever in the history of this country. Note me today. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But, but, yeah, but, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, ordinarily, from the way he talks, you will see vibration. You know? Uh, of course, as yeah. a spirit field, he believes in the. He is convinced about. Uh, no, he has been just newly inaugurated. Yes, he is no, convinced yeah. also I am about. Convinced. My conviction <laughs> is deeply seated in the yeah, candidature yeah, yeah. of Barista. So since wow. he, he since he, he, he you know is convinced about the the route at which uh, the, his principal is actually taking, and uh, knowing him himself to be one of those youths, I think that area of research is key. Knowing fully well that um, the current wave of people moving for a change is that of the youth. But let me put it to him so that uh, he will also do research for the masses. Mm-hmm. We know ordinarily now that uh, I, there's a press conference by CSOs in, uh, in Abuja where they disclose that over 84,000 uh, voters card yeah, uh, under age less than five years. Sure. Uh, I, I want you to look at that because it has to protect you know, the elections are coming. Also here on the plateau, Steve Aluko and other civil society, you know, had a, you know, a function on Friday. And there also they raised the issue why CSOs will come up strong with good, good research to make sure this election is free and fair. Uh, do you think this can also help you in your research? Listen, we are open to every resource that we can have access to. And our office is open for everyone that is coming to us with a positive engagement that would foster our democracy. Our principal is a solicitor of the Supreme Court of Nigeria, the Federal Republic of Nigeria. He believes in the rule of law, and therefore anything that is going to be done in accordance to the tenets of law in this country, we are open to it. You have my word for it. Yeah, Mr. DJ. Your office is, like Ponsak said earlier, um, it's no mean office by every stretch of the imagination. Strategy, research, and theater. And the three are intertwined. Uh, You can crisscross everything and it will still make sense. Sure. You sound deeply convinced, like we are listening to you here and saying. And then one other thing is, your candidate appears to be enjoying some sort of goodwill. But let me just put this to you. Are you in any way um, feeling your job is, 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 um, is made easy already or the theater is not so saturated and that you don't have any need to go full-blown in the exercise? Or is there another strategy you intend to deploy? Because as it stands, if you're juxtapositioning what your party is up against, the APC, of course, there have been a lot of things, theatrics, all over the place. Is there any counter modality you're putting in place? And what sort of modality is that? I'll give you an advice. Watch our action. Study the campaign of the youths in the PDP. Then you would find the answer to our strategy. Because once I reveal my strategy to you, is no longer a strategy. Because I'll be arming the opposition. And what I want you to know, I call them the opposition because they are already existing government. I am confident we are going to win this election because the sentiment of Plato people is with us. And they know those who love them. They know those who care for them. They know those who only... whose interest is only to perpetrate themselves in power without any recourse to their welfare, without any recourse to maintaining and and, and living up to their promises. They know who really 
cares for them. The answer to your question will be in our activities in the few coming weeks. We have just been inaugurated uh, yes, uh, on Saturday. Uh, already we've, we have, we've hit the ground running. I had several consultative you know, engagements on Sunday, yesterday. The DG is up and running. Every director that you know is up and running. Listen, watch out for us. Give us just two, three weeks. The APC is going to be on the defense until after election. I give you my word. You have refused to divulge, obviously, your strategies to us. There but is no for way us on I this, will divulge my strategy. On, for us on this election, side of... Election Mr. is DG, a bloodless Mr. War. DG, for us on this side of the divide, we're interested yeah, in a, a very free... If you oh, say DG, yeah. oh, okay. you are taking the place of... Uh, all right, Joshua. all right, yes. Mr. Director. Yeah. Um, we are concerned about a free and fair exercise. So that at the end of the day, it's a greater plateau that wins. What are some of the modalities you're putting in place to ensure that uh, we have a smooth election, smooth conduct of elections in the part of your party? Because we do not want situations whereby um, accusations and counter accusations would arise between political parties as to who is responsible for violence. Now, let me tell you and, why. And, and you know, on, uh, on top of that, Will you say your position is just mobilizing of talks, uh, you know, to uh, cause mayhem and damage, you know, to the opposition? For In example? this election, we would have no need for talks. Take my word to the bank. But Governor Lalong in the past has said that all politician needs uh, talks. I, I am sorry. That is, that is his understanding and that is the limit of his, limit of his knowledge. I am telling you today that the strategy we have, we have no need for talks. This election is designed down to the pulling units. I want you to know it. And the strategy we have is very simple and it's, it's not complex. One thing I can assure you today, that we are keeping our game very close to our chest because we know the antecedents of those who are going to exit government house by May 2023. You guys know. Everybody on the plateau know that the APC have never won any election on the plateau based on competence or credibility. They've thrived on sentiments, they've sold propaganda and lies to our people. What we will be doing is demystifying them from now to the point of election. One thing I want you to know is this, that the APC on the plateau is a colony of those who wants to get state is just is a colony of those who want to hijack power they have no interest of our people i can tell you for free i can prove it my job is simple to identify that what these people are doing is not in the best interest of plateau governor lalong's administration has never had the interest of people of plateau in heart and i can prove it one let me tell you he brought in a consultant in the Board of Internal Revenue, right? He is the same person that squashed the tax academy that was established by the PDP-led government of Dara Jonajang. If you really wanted to improve revenue on the state, do you know the vision for that tax academy? It is the first and only at that point in time tax academy established by a state government in Nigeria. But the APC administration platters, they brought some uh, laudable agencies, like the Peace Building Agency. I'm coming. I'm taking you there. I'll, I'll land. Allow me to, 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 to land. What I'm trying to tell you is that he subjugated that agency to closure. 
The simple reason is because they wanted to create an avenue for TV. Because as a consultant, whatever I give you, I can come behind and take and get it, note it. The vision for that tax academy is to train and retrain our people to improve our revenue collection and to also make sure that the state government is able to survive without waiting for subvention from Abuja. Please, let me, uh, let's come down to the specifics. Listen. Should you be faced um, by the potential of violence, what do you do? What I am trying to tell you is that if they want it cold, they have it. If they want it hot, we are ready for them. This election is not going to be like the 2015 and 2019 election, where those who were given the responsibility to, to man the affairs of prosecuting that election were complacent. We are not going to be complacent. What I am trying to tell you is this, that we know that some of the things they use to rig us out have been taken care of by the electoral law. And we know also that because we are tying down this strategy of our prosecuting of this election to the polling units, there is nobody that is coming to a polling unit to cause violence or mayhem that will not be identified. If you try it, you do it at your own peril. You want it cool, you have it. You want it hot, we're ready. Okay. Well, Prince Valentine, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Yakubu Dogora, who has jumped ship, you know, to the PDP. Last week or so, he came out to say what Babachi uh, said about endorsing uh, Obi now for himself in Tokam, Anofulu Tokam, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, but right now he has jumped ship, you know, to the PDP and he said, okay, I'm supporting uh, former Vice President Atuka Obakar of the uh, PDP. I mean, talk to us about the politics of the no, North no, There's no politics. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a known um, uh, player, you know. When, when, we're to, when we're listening to the Northern Christians and other people talking about uh, uh, Muslim, Muslim ticket not uh, going to be uh, available for those who have already instituted it, we knew openly that they also have somebody behind the article itself. So w that is the only game. Knowing fully well that he has a Northerner, he cannot also say he doesn't need a Northerner. Uh, that is just it. And if you look at the northern elders, they come up openly you know, this time around to say their support is of uh, Atiku. If, if you are talking about northern elders, then definitely he is part of the northern elders. And you recall that in all occasions that have been happening across the country, across the length and breadth of this country, Dogara has always you know, shown support for all PDP occasions. Take it. That is just the truth. Even uh, recently, during the birthday of Timothy Golu in uh, Rayfield, he, he had to come in and donate, you know, seriously to the church and the rest. So it shows that he is actually there. He, he, he just formally came in to tell people now, no, identify me with this. Okay, so uh, in the morning, he's APC in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, in the it's APC, like he only wanted to cause confusion. And the confusion he succeeded in causing is that of uh, the, you know, the, the vice president. Vice, the vice president. Now, but if you go clear, clearer, you will listen now and you read the mind of uh, Yakubu uh, Deti when he was actually the chief of staff to, yeah, to, DG, to, DG, to the DG right of campaign. You recall all his statements reacting to uh, whatever Dugara was saying. So you will now ask who now is right? You see, you give it to Deti because Deti was able to fish out the reasons behind his utterances. Well, kudos, he's now in the PDP. All right. Let's see how he moves on with his campaign okay. and other issues. But then, coming back home, this judgment itself, the one of the which the uh, Nantawe group 
actually got within the family of the APC. You will find that it also has a, le a leg towards the Labour Party. Because the judge said that there is no way the PDP, I mean the, the, the uh, APC, will have lied against its member. And that from the way she read the, the handwritings before her, one is in capital, the other one is in a small case. Uh, well, I know she's not an expert in, in, in handwritings, mm. but then she came up to say, there's no way the party can lie. So if that is the case, we, we, somehow, somehow, we are looking at it going towards the Labour Party because one of the big cases in the Labour Party is that there was, uh, there's still an allegation before the court that the man withdrew. So if the party from the judgment of this very case come to say, look, the court said your party cannot lie. So party cannot lie. So you take it further. Okay. Then come back again. There's one, one, another big thing that happened within the weekend. Uh, and that is the case between the same PDP. They, they seem to still not come together. Okay, that one, uh, the mem the guy in Langtang North, yes, challenge, challenge Augustine Tim yeah. Cook. Yeah, so Tim you can Cook, continue yeah. from there, you can understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, uh, Barisa Kalemu from the governorship, who is also a lawyer, he said, uh, no court case or no litigate or no legal impediment to any PDP candidate uh, in next year's election. That's what he said over the weekend. You know, the there was a judgment. Yeah. There was a judgment you know, obtained by uh, 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 MB uh, Abubakar, you know, S, S Square. Yeah. You know, where they talked about the three primary elections and uh, that case. Take it or leave it. You cannot remove it from the entire process. Okay. Well, uh, Winston, you, you want to? You know, you know, we know the modus operandi of those who are going to exit government by May 2023. On the plateau, like I said earlier. They've never won election based on credibility of comp or competence. They've always manipulated the system. You know how they conducted the local government elections? The first one, under Lalong, they declared results. Upandoma was the only person who went to court. That's why the court reinstated him. But Lalong, who is supposed to be a servant in the temple of justice, have proven to be a rebel. Because even the Supreme Court... Even the Supreme Court interpretation of the law, he didn't honor it. I look forward to a legislation where it will stop those who are supposed to be lawmakers or who are supposed to be interpreters of law, interpreters of law, violating law, and should not be allowed to run for offices. Okay. That is one. I was talking to you about revenue collection on the plateau. Now, I want you to know that his intention initially is to swindle the people of Plateau, and that's why he's desperate to hoist a successor on us in the person of the Tonentawe. I'm sorry to tell you that even with the consultants that is appointed to consult for Plateau State Internal Revenue Services, most of the people that are doing or delivering the services are the professionals that are already employed by the board. They do not have up to 20 staffings there. And they do less or nothing. They are relying on the expertise of those who are already employed. Is there a need for that? There is no need for it. We don't need it. 
Okay. Our people are enterprising. Our people are professionals. Anywhere you find them. Let's let's open the phone lines. Uh, well, uh, well, before you, you go on that, let yeah, me oh, just, please <laughs> Let me plead with him. Just two minutes. Okay. Let me just plead with him. Yeah. That please, we we represent the masses on the plateau. Yeah. We represent the villagers. You should go down and look at how many villages, how many villagers have lost their area. So that he can tell his go- the gubernatorial candidate. So that when he wins, please, we want to recover these lands. Thank you. Okay. You can join the conversation, 081-2187-7777. Or you call 90 Gilbert. And on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Live. And on Twitter at JFM Joss. Before you call, you have to turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely and then you tell us your name and where you're calling from. Very important for you to do that. 81 Let's take this. Hello and good Hello. evening. What's up and the guest in the house? Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. This is Isha Ali from here. We're listening, sir. I have a question to your uh, the, the director of the PDP. Um, in all this that uh, you people are doing is well commendable. But my question that I would ask you is how involvement are the people living with disability in all the groups that the PDP have been innovating them in this day? Thank you. Well, uh, straight to the point there. Uh, those are the kind of phone calls we want. If you uh, call, just tell us your name and then you fire straight to the point. Hello, good evening. Hello. Thanks for calling. Good evening. Yeah, turn down the volume of your radio, please. I'm done that. We're listening to you. This is brother as you calling from Bukuru. We're listening. Yes, I'm very, very surprised with what is happening. The politicians. They are bunch of liars. They just speak something they don't speak. Most especially, uh, uh, someone will speak with somebody's mind and you don't know what he's saying. That doesn't even know what he's saying. Most of them there, we don't like them. We don't like them. They are deceivers in that field you see them. They are, they are speaking lies. So we are we are with neighbor this time around. We all know them. We don't want them. We will fail them this time around by the grace of God. Thank you. This is where I hear. Yeah. They should keep on lying on the radio, yes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, they should keep on lying. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Noted, yeah. Let's take this. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. Thank you very much. My name is Eddie Gumar. I'm calling from TGIC Junction. We're listening, sir. Uh, and also the state coordinator of PDP Five Network. I will congratulate your guest as the director actually for his speech. We have sent the spirit of deliverance because we have his, with his capability, we have not yet he can do. And I want to assure him that after two states, actually, they have already left, uh, already left behind in terms of democracy development under APC from the national level to the state level. And if you see now what is happening, the two states are ready for PDP because of the way PDP are arranging their move and because of the way PDP are carrying everybody along. And as you uh, talk about the youth, actually the youth involvement go to any PDP meeting, you 
you will see that they will, you will not even uh, recognize the old man. Majority, 80% are you. And most of the positions, if you see with uh, our governor, you will know that this man is ready for plateau. He has plateau at heart. He has the people. He always concerned about the people. So that's why we 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 are we, we are ready to vote for him. And by God's grace, 2023 PDP is going to be five over five from the national level to the state level. Um, and I'm advising the people. Never a thinking of voting another party apart from PDP. He has the right to do so. You should remember that there is not any party in uh, Nigeria or Africa at large that do what PDP have done in the history of democracy. So that's why we believe on PDP to come back to do what they have done before so that they will get out of this mess. Thank you, thank you. thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, God. Yeah, well, give out, uh, help us take some social media comments. Ayodele Agbabiaka on Facebook is saying, Nigerians shouldn't be worried about what APC is doing. Um, regarding attending interviews, what they should focus on is how they will vote a credible servant to serve us come 2023. Shine your eyes, Nigerians. Love JFM. Hashtag. Izank Ati is saying, good evening. Absolutely, the action of APC presidential candidate has clearly shown us that he is not for us. The choice remains ours to vote wisely come 2023. Don't sell your vote. I wish PDP on the plateau good luck to rescue us from the hands of this one chance. APC administration. Love you guys. God bless JFM, my favorite radio station. Thank you. Peter Agnes is saying, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. To be honest, those presidential candidates are not serious at all. They don't have the masses at heart. They are just after Nigerian money, not the masses. Let's not give up on this country. Stanley S. is saying, I'm pleading with everyone that registered for their PVC to go and get it when they start giving out the card. Because by God's grace, we will obediently get it right in 2023. Pam Dungyang is saying, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Inasmuch as honoring media town halls is good by the presidential hopefuls, the most important thing is that the highest number of voters are in the rural areas who don't have access to these platforms. So honoring or dishonoring, many have honored and, st- and still failed Nigerians. May God help us. Beatrice Yusuf Gai saying, Those that would deliberately abscond any debate, I liken them to be as the job seekers that are running away from interviews. This clearly shows that they have no answers to questions that will be thrown at them. Secondly, they are not confident of themselves and their parties in facing the tyranny of next year's general election. Better still, they are running out against any accountability that will be held against them when they fail. Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Principal Joseph Melumo is saying, avoiding debate is like needing a job without going for an interview. This is enough reason to disqualify anyone from getting a job. No reasonable organization will give any job seeker a job without testing his ability and capacity. The ball is now in Nigerian's court. Saul Yusuf is saying, Good evening. Those that are dodging or running away from media simply means that they have nothing to offer. This is the time that Nigerians want to hear what the aspiring candidates have for them. A time for them to market themselves, but they keep on running, dodging or ignoring the media. Ham S. Okay, Ham Z. Mondi says, the man sounds so confident. Just hope his principle will not come and disappoint him. Matthew Gado Ngwe says, good evening, PNG and the guests in the studio. Honestly, for me, election in 2023 is unpredictable as many people are confused. 
because they even know who is right. Okay, okay. Thank you, anyways. MC Fong says, by Sakaleb Mutuan, through his age, should tell us what they have in stock for the youth. Will youth form part of his commissioner list? Nen Dungbam says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the studio. When an individual is showing such behavior, it shows that they won't listen to us when they, eventually, when they are eventually elected. The handwriting on the wall has shown us how unready they are to lead. G. JC says, please get your PVC and vote for your right. Don't allow them. We're pressed for time, Ponsak. Well, really, uh, but I think we can squeeze in uh, one phone call and then we'll allow the guests to give their responses. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. My name is Chukudi, calling from Aleri. Well, listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Yes. Uh, first of all, let me start from Plato State. Uh, you see, um, it is actually misgovernance, misgovernance, misgovernance in seven years, if you ask me. If I want to compare to what you had in the last um, 15 years of the PDP, at least in the 15 years of the PDP, we saw infrastructures like um, light, we saw roads constructed massively all over Plateau State from one zone to the other. Um, but um, even to pass the road this time around, is unless if any dignity from the APC is coming, that is, how, that is when I'm going to see some Paskorima. The issue of water to the common man now, is, 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 uh, uh, water has become a very, very essential commodity like it's supposed to be. But it's actually out of the reach of the out of the reach of the ordinary man in Nigeria, in Plateau State here. And um, let me not waste your time. On the issue of um, people as calling the the presidential debate or discussion, you know, on, on the television and the media. Let me tell you something. If if some people have promised us in the past they're going to do this and do that and do this and then disappoint us and then make us look foolish after voting them into power upon their promises, upon so many things they say, even this particular government went as far as telling us that we should stone them if they do not keep to their promises. And even at that, they have actually disappointed us. How much more would these people disappoint us for not even coming to tell us a single thing? And some people in this country are still, you know, trying to back them up and give them reasons. They have no reason. If you're incompetent, if you're not heavy enough to come and face the mic, please, can you stop this race? Can you just stay aside? I can take care of yourself. Becoming the president of Nigeria is not by force for, for, for Kenyan land. Some people are aged. You can actually sit down and mentor people. You mustn't be, come and become the president. Yeah, coming well, to become well, the president, it is not a tea party. It is, it's not a tea party. Yes, I'm running up. I'm running up. It's not a tea party to come and be the president of the, 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 the black, uh, uh, most populous nation on earth. Honestly, I think Nigeria should rise up and then vote the table with you. That's my take. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, gentlemen, please, your final word. I'll begin with Prince Valentine, and then I'll end with uh, Mr. Winston. Well, uh, it's been a, a Monday, and uh, now that Nigerians have already woken up for the week, let's think Nigeria, let's think Plateau, let's stay out of uh, trouble, uh, stay out of uh, political toggery. We know ordinarily that the media will always rise, and when the media rise, you hear more of it. Ordinarily, whatever you read from different states is because the media is alive to it. Thank you. Mr. Winston, your final word. Uh, let me respond to the question of uh, how are we accommodating those with special needs. We have a directorate for it. Okay, persons living with disabilities. Yes, okay. that's what you call it. But I call it people, people, people special. with special needs. Mm -hmm. All right? If you're one of them and you want to be part of us, the directorate is open. You are always welcome. Now, on a final note, I am accusing the Lalong administration of not being transparent to the people and the insincerity of purpose. 
Therefore, I am challenging the candidate of his party because I know that his party lacks the credibility to promise Niger or Plateau State people or Nigerian people anything else. They have failed. I am challenging him to give us his own assessment of their own government. Who is that? I'm talking about the candidate of the APC There's in the Plateau governorship, State. Go- governorship candidate. candidate. Oh, Dr. Yes. To give us a scorecard of the let's, Lalong let's, I'm challenging him to it. Let's bring the integrity to tests. Let's see. Because we know how pretentious they are, and we know what they intend to do. They want to swindle our people again. These guys don't care for anybody. All they care is to perpetuate themselves in power. And that's the reason why they have not been able to allow a free and fair context on the plateau. But this time, we're ready for them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Winston. I did hear. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, give your final word. Yeah, um, so much is being played of the Almajiri system. Um, in 20, 2016, was it? Okay, okay. It was the good luck Jonathan administration that attempted to revamp the Almajiri system of education. But he was booted out on one of those accounts by the APC administration. And today we hear Ashwajibola Agmetinubu still speaking about the same system he once criticized. Both, um, I'm happy that the Labour Party presidential candidate himself is also speaking about that. I think this is an issue that should be brought to the front burner. And let's hear people speak from the depth of their hearts, divide of pretentiousness. Good evening. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Prince Valentine. Thank you, Mr. Janan Winston-Moses. Thank you, the Director of Research, uh, Strategy and Theatre of the Youth Wing uh, of PDP campaign here in Plato State. My name is Bonsak Vanab. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a good evening. Bye now. Yo <laughs> Amurkan. <laughs> 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 Tarin da kike yin nan ma fa zai iya kasancewa tarin fukane amma ta hanyar gwaji ne kawai za a iya ganewa gaskiya ne malama gari kike a gwada ki domin ki tabbata domin wanda bai je ba 
J101.9 FM. This is JFM News Now. Feel the stories fresh as they break. The National Assembly is considering about 55 amendments to the 1999 Constitution. Concise, factual, and accurate on your news beehive. J101.9 FM. Weekdays, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m. Weekends, 10 10 a.m.
Hello and welcome to J101.9 FM. This is JFM News Update at 6. Today is the fifth day of December 2022 and here are top stories. Obasanjo warns oil and gas can no longer feed Nigeria's increasing population. Adeleke begins salary payment as he threatens to sanction MDAs. Governor Wike hits at Dogara for backing article. Residents threaten protests as construction site collapses, kills construction worker in Akwai Bomb. The need to curb road traffic accidents in Nigeria is the focus of today's news commentary. It is written by Joan Davo of our News and Current Affairs Department. I'm Ramzamura Zamora, bringing you the news now. Live from just Nigeria, this is the news. On the news this evening, we'll first tell you that as the population of Nigeria continues to increase, former President Olusegun Obasanjo is warning that the revenue from oil and gas exports alone can no longer feed the country. Mr. Obasanjo said this when the leaders of the Apex Social Cultural Group in Tief Land of Benway State, Mzu Tief MUT, visited him at his Olusegun Obasanjo Presidential Library, OP. OPPL, penthouse residence in Abekuta, Ogun State. The former president noted that only farming and agricultural related businesses could engage the growing population. The Ocean State Governor, Senator Ademola Deleke, has commenced the payment of salaries to workers in the state. This was contained in a statement shared on Adeleke's verified Twitter account today, signed by spokesperson Malam Olawale Rashid. Adeleke also noted that any ministry, department or agency that fails to submit its salary schedule to latest today will be sanctioned. The warning is sequel to reports that some agencies are still holding onto their agency schedules despite the directive of the governor. Switching attention to politics, Governor Yeson Wike of River State has knocked a former Speaker of the House of Representatives, Yaku Budogara, for backing Atiku Abubakar's presidential bid. Dogara and some aggrieved members of the ruling All Progressives Congress, APC, recently endorsed the presidential candidate of the People's Democratic Party, PDP, for next year's election. A move, Wike says, is a deviation from the former Speaker's earlier stance. Wike, who spoke during the flag-off of Indorama, Abonchai, Ogale, Ebubo, East-West Link, Road says Dogara had insisted on Nigeria's presidential scat, rather presidential seat, returning to southern Nigeria as against his most recent support for Atiku from the northern Nigeria. Barely few days after a federal high court in Abuja ordered his remand in prison for refusing to obey a lawful order of court, the Inspector General of Police is being threatened with a similar charge by a dismissed police officer, one Mr. Christian Osondu. The dismissed officer, through his lawyer, Mr. Ojuku Chiko Sola, has threatened to commence fresh contempt proceedings tomorrow against Usman Baba over his continued disregard to a presidential directive and an order of the National Industrial Court reinstating Osondu to the police force. Besides the 
IG. The lawyer has also threatened to drag the commissioner of police in charge of the legal department before the Legal Practitioners Disciplinary Committee, LPDC, for allegedly not giving the IG right legal advice. And another incident has raised fresh questions in Nigeria's build sector. This is as a construction worker has been killed in Akwaibom State following the collapse of an underground drainage system reportedly undertaken by a local constructor. The death of a construction worker identified as Marvelous, who was buried under the drainage system under construction, is raising tension in the area. Angry residents in Utu local government area of the state where the sad incident occurred have started mobilization for mass protests. It was gathered that human error caused the accident, coupled with poor rescue operation, as the community youths were said to have deployed manual efforts with shovels as the company could not immediately bring an excavator. A resident of the area, Umfon Udo, who said he personally assisted in the rescue operation, lamented that the victim could have been rescued alive, but for lack of earth-moving equipment like excavator, which forced them to join in digging the spot for over four hours. Pointing at the group's attempt to come clean the indigenous people of Biafra, IPOP has denied any intention to disrupt the 2023 general elections, just as it says, as it has no interest in the exercise. IPOP, which stated these in a press release issued today by its media and publicity secretary, Ima Powerful, disassociated itself from attacks on the facilities of the Independent National Electoral Commission, INEC, in Imo State. The pro Biafra movement, therefore, told security agencies to stop linking it with the senseless attacks on INEC facilities. Finally, the police in Jigawa State have arrested two lovers who allegedly buried their newborn baby in the Kiaba local government area of the state. The police spokesperson in the state, Lawan Adam, told journalists today that the suspects will be charged in court following an investigation. The police say the suspects were arrested following an intelligence report at the command's disposal. The police spokesperson says the intelligence revealed that one Balara Bashehu, 30, of, of Surma village, Kiawa local government area, is suspected to have birthed and buried the newborn baby. From just Nigeria, this is the news. On the foreign scene, security officials and local sources said today that six civilians, four of them teachers, were killed in a suspected jihadist attack in southern Burkina Faso, close to the border with Ghana. Gunmen opened fire on a group in the town of Bito yesterday. A security source said, adding that the attackers had fled to the nearby forest of know-how pursued by security forces. The Regional Federation of Education Union said four teachers at the local high school, including the head teacher, were among the six fatalities. Burkina Faso, a poor and landlocked country in the heart of West Africa's Sahel, is struggling with a jihadist insurgency that has now in its, uh, been in its eighth year.
serving you this entertainment gossip fresh off the back of a controversy. Afrobeat superstar Whiskey has opened up on his preference for hanging all around older people, attributing his personal growth to it. To buttress his point, Bees Wee says he was 11 years when he was 11 years, rather, his best friend was over 40. Speaking with 10 Magazine Australia, we explained that being a lone boy in a family of 12 siblings, he had had a split temperament inside and outside at home. On the sports track, Senegal coach Alou Cisse bemoaned his team's defensive lapses after England brushed the African champions aside 3-0 in the World Cup last 16 yesterday, admitting there had been a gulf in quality. First half goals from Jordan Henderson and Harry Kane gave Senegal a mountain to climb and third by Bukayo Saka in the second half ended the contest. Cisse, who was unwell in the run-up to the match, says Senegal's strength before the World Cup was their defensive setup. He further says the fact that they have let in a lot of goals at the tournament is difficult to explain. Today's news commentary is on the need to curb road traffic accidents in Nigeria. Take a listen. In Nigeria, road transportation has remained the most common means of transportation. This is so because of its affordability and accessibility to the people compared to other means of transportation in the country. However, it is worrisome that despite the advantage, road traffic accidents are said to be Nigeria's third leading cause of overall death and the most common cause of disability in the country. Reports obtained from the National Bureau of Statistics indicate that Nigeria recorded a total of 3,345 road traffic crashes in the first quarter of this year, an average of 37 road crashes per day, with a total of 1,834 deaths recorded. The high number of road crashes has been blamed on several factors, including poor traffic infrastructure, poor road design, poor enforcement of traffic rules and regulations, a rapidly growing population, and subsequent number of people driving cars, among others. Many have also blamed the situation on poor public awareness and road safety. They noted that the campaign, which are still low among citizenry, must be robust and sustained all around the year for maximum impact and not limited to only festive seasons as is currently the practice. Also, the enforcement of the existing traffic safety laws must be pursued vigorously and offenders severely punished to serve as a deterrent to other road users. On the part of government, there is need to view road accidents as an issue of urgent national importance that needs attention aimed at reducing its health, social and economic impact. Policymakers at the various levels of government need to also recognize this growing problem as a public health crisis and design appropriate policy responses that will be backed up with careful implementation. Although road safety laws exist in Nigeria, the level of implementation by road users is quite low. Hence, there is need for road users as well to adhere to traffic safety regulations in order to reduce the frequency of road accidents. Therefore, all hands must be on deck in order to see significant reduction in the fatality and severity of injuries associated with road crash not only during these festive seasons but all time that was the news commentary on the need to curb road traffic accident in nigeria it is written and read by joanne davo of our news and current affairs department
That commentary brings us to the end of the news update at 6. Another look at our top stories. As the population of Nigeria continues to increase, former President Olusegun Obasanjo is warning that the revenue from oil and gas exports alone can no longer feed the country. The Ocean State Governor, Senator Ademola Adeleke, has commenced the payment of salaries to workers in the state. Governor Yesen Wiki of River State has knocked a former Speaker of the House of Representatives, Yakubu Dogara, for backing Atiku Abubakar's presidential bid. We also told you a construction worker has been killed in Akwaibom State following the collapse of underground drainage system reportedly undertaken by a local contractor. That brings us to our quote of the day. Act right, act responsibly. The time is now. Don't forget to be part of our conversation on our Facebook page on www.facebook.com forward slash JFMJOS and on Twitter at JFMJOS. You can also stream us live on www.jfm.ng and catch up with our podcast on www.jfm.ng forward slash podcast. For news of happenings around, call the JFM Newsline on 090-437-776-44. The news was edited by Gilbert Joseph and produced by Aisha Ahmed Abdul-Salam. I'm Rayram Zamora. Many thanks for being a part of the news. Keep listening to J11.9 FM. Good evening. The Caleb We Know, BCM 2023, by the finger of God. Born on the 12th of March, 1965, in Mangu local government area of Plateau State, Barista Caleb Mutfang is a believer and a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to the personal saving knowledge of Christ very early in his life under the ministry of the Nigerian Fellowship of Evangelical Students, NIFES, where he also began to serve God and became exposed to leadership. Mutfang gave his life to the Lord in 1984 at the NIFES Zonal Conference at College of Arts and Sciences, Kefi, when Reverend Yemi Oyedele ministered on the theme in Understanding by Men. Since then, he has continued in the faith, serving God at different levels. During his undergraduate studies at the University of Jos, he was the Vice President of the Fellowship of Christian Students, FCS, slash NIFES, in 1987-1988. He was the President of the Kaduna Christian Coppers Fellowship, KCCF, during his National Youth Service Corps in 1989-1990. To equip himself for the service of God's kingdom, Mutfang decided to come under the tutelage of brothers Afam Eruchalu and Gile Akani. His life was also affected by the likes of Paul Gindiri, Bishop Ben Kwashi, Evangelist Matthew Owojai, and Reverend Gideon Paramalam, just to mention a few. Mutfang was made an elder in Chapel of Good News, Kaduna, in 1994.